Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Future of BizTech. I'm your host, JC Granger, and I have another fantastic guest on the show with us today. And listen, if you end up loving this episode, please show your love and appreciation by following this podcast wherever you're listening, and be sure to give it a five-star review, preferably with some nice comments behind it. Uh, because that is how other techies like you and I find cool podcasts like this. And today I have the absolute pleasure of you interviewing the CEO and founder of Airspeed, Doug uh, Campbell. John, Doug, so great to have you on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you guys do. Thanks for having us, JC. Uh, yeah, so Airspeed is a relatively new company. Uh, we just announced our seed funding. Uh, we are on a mission to help employees feel more connected and celebrated. And the way that we're going about doing that initially is through a family of Slack apps that we just released five to the Slack app store that are all around how do you capture these moments of culture that became, uh, have always been an issue, but became much more exacerbated during the times of COVID. So everything from how do you introduce yourself to your team? How do you um, celebrate wins with recognition? How do you make sure you're not missing any birthdays or work anniversaries? How do you make a meeting a little bit more fun in the beginning, maybe through an icebreaker? And finally, how do you see where everybody is in your company on a map? Super helpful if you're traveling to a location and want to go meet up with some of your colleagues. Mm -hmm. So who it would be kind of your uh, kind of your perfect client? Obviously, being a Slack apps, you know, anyone who uses Slack could could use this. But where do you find, like what industries do you find are gravitating more toward your product than others? Yeah, so it's it's super early days. We literally just had our last Slack app approved about four weeks ago. Oh, okay, uh, we, that it's that yeah, early then. Okay, that early, yeah, we, <laughs> we we've got and but already we've got close to a thousand customers who are on uh, who have downloaded the apps and implemented them. We've got uh, over forty thousand users on the platform already in just a very short period of time. But we're seeing a wide range. It's everything from. 10, 15 person companies through divisions of large companies. We've got some great logos on our website, like Adidas and Rivian and ADP and folks like that. Oh, Uber on there too. Yeah. Yeah. Uber's on there. Um, and these are, you know, as you said, the first criteria is you're a Slack, you use Slack. Uh, second criteria, uh, criteria is that you care about culture. And so the way that we've designed it is that you don't, this doesn't have to be a top down HR uh, decision. This can be any person. It can be an administrator, a manager. Could be somebody in HR who just says, hey, I just want to get to know my team better. Typically, we'll install it into a channel just for their team, and it grows from there. So what kind of motivates you to to start this? I mean, were you at another company before, and you found that it was just really hard to connect with people? I mean, just what was that kind of like villain origin story, if you will, right? Yeah. I mean, the origin story is all about COVID. So I, my last company got acquired by LinkedIn. Uh, it's called FlipTop. We were doing machine learning for sales and marketing. Uh, got acquired and I ran the sales navigator division, which was at the time was about a $250 million business for LinkedIn, now over a billion dollars um, uh, of their business. And uh, I got recruited away to go be the general manager of sales cloud for Salesforce and thought that was an interesting gig. And uh, my first day was the 1st of February, 2020. So six weeks later, the world looked like this and yeah. we were on Zoom. And on the one hand, I loved it. I, I never want to go back to an office five days a week ever again. Um, I love the flexibility of remote work. Uh, we still as a company get together at least once a quarter, put everybody in a plane, go somewhere fun. I love the, uh, I love the, the ability to mix both. Uh, but the thing I didn't like was really not feeling connected to the people that I was working with, especially because I was, you know, hadn't met everybody and I was relatively new to the environment. 
So we did all the same shit that everybody else did. We did, you know, Zoom happy hours. We did Zoom cooking classes. We had lots of <laughs> all hands meetings. We set up Slack channels for fun things. And that in the process, I kind of realized there's no system of record for culture inside companies. It's all these ephemeral thing. It's sitting in a you know Google Drive folder that's a that's an all hands deck. It's sitting in Slack channels that are like a continuously running river where things just washes downstream. And the idea of getting to know somebody beyond their LinkedIn profile uh, became harder when you're not in the office and seeing everybody face to face. So how do you create these tools that help facilitate a lot of that interaction? And that's really where uh, Airspeed came from. So where, where does the we talked a little bit before this about about AI? Where, where does AI come in for this particular model that you're doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, so I've been in tech for a long time, uh, uh, over 30 years. Uh, I'm more excited about what AI can do than anything I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, and I think that uh, what is so exciting is to, the ability to interact with a lot of these systems on a very, you know, using human language and to not be able to say, I have to know how to operate a certain menu or a user interface or make that stuff happen. And also to be able to um, uh, really uh, humanize a lot of the interactions. Um, and it's not a replacement. I think the Microsoft branding of Copilot, for example, is brilliant because it's saying, hey, this is an assistant. This is an augmentation of who you are as a human. Uh, but I'll give you a couple of just simple examples. For our administration system, we started to build the classic, hey, had to have a whole bunch of reports and dashboards of, you know, how do you figure out how many users you are and what apps are being used and all that kind of stuff. And when you know ChatGPT came out, and we just kind of took a step back and said, "How is this going to affect us?" We said, "That's dead, right?" You know, like I think companies like Tableau and others are going to see a, a whole new guard that's going to come in because all we're going to have is a a simple little chat box that says, "What do you want to know?" Right? Yeah. And you know that today is sitting on all of our data, so we can tell you, "Hey, what are the most interesting?" You know, who are we as a team? Like, describe us from what you know, or you know who's got who's got uh, uh, work anniversaries coming up this month in my team, or who is what's the most unusual interest you know we have in the company. Um, so there's just a bunch of stuff where you can kind of query the system that way in an interesting way. The other one is just like goofy and fun. Like we have uh, you're you're writing uh, these birthday cards, for example, or work anniversary card. You could say, hey, I know that JC loves beer and skiing, right? Write me a funny card message, greeting card message. Uh, or write me something in the style of um, uh, a pirate, you know, and just like yeah. these things that are just bringing a lot of creativity and levity and boosting what you get, as opposed to the what we all see in Facebook, you know, happy birthday, Doug, happy birthday, Doug, happy birthday, Doug. Sure. Um, so I think there's a, a, a number of ways that these are going to go affect um, what we can go do and and ultimately give us a lot more insight as to who we are as a as a team and as a company. Well, so you're. Your program, your your software, in the in the plugins into Slack and whatnot, it has has a culture side to it, and there's an AI side to it. I have a question too: is is any part of your system does it help with preventing things from going wrong, so to speak? Like, so for example, um, I've seen things that pop up on like Instagram. A Meta released a, a version of this not too long ago, where if you were going to type something and it and it thought that that might be inappropriate or it flagged a word, it would say, hey, are you sure you want to send this? When you have a software that's culturally based, 
and you got people just kind of, you know, free gaming and on the on the keyboard. Are there any protections in place for the user? Like just say, hey, listen, you're about to put this on the record, you know, and and, and our system has decided that maybe given the culture of this particular company, maybe these types of words or types of uh, things uh, may not be appropriate. Is that something you're either doing or that you plan on doing? I think it's something that's interesting for the roadmap. I mean, you know, Slack is a great example that has none of those controls. And obviously, it's just a big channel where lots of people are communicating in those ways. But I can imagine a lot of more of those kind of um, smart systems that say, hey, you sure you want to compose it this way? Or or certainly being able to flag stuff automatically and not wait for user intervention to flag something uh, to have AI help with that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, cool. I was just curious because I'd, I'd started seeing a little bit of that. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, helping people get out of their own way in advance can, you know, no, nobody wants an issue. So if it's, pre, you know, preventive maintenance is always is always better, right? Um, so you guys are new and you're, you're I mean, hey, you're on this podcast. So I know you're doing PR. What other, t- I'm a marketing guy by trade, right? So I always ask the marketing question. Uh, what other types of marketing and, and ways you guys are getting yourself out there so people even know about airspeed um, other than stuff like this? Yeah, so we, we we really want to kind of build our blog into a great resource for people who are kind of on the forefront of remote and hybrid work. So we are uh, we've conducted an interview series with a number of leaders about how they are handling the the issues of remote work. And I think you know, and I'll I'll keep going. But one thing to just point out there that I think has been interesting, an observation when I when my last company was acquired by LinkedIn, we went from a you know just under thirty person company to suddenly. 10,000 plus employees, right? And it was a bit of a culture shock. And I think the the biggest aha for me in the first few months was realizing how deliberate you had to be in cascading communications. So I would watch Jeff Wiener, the CEO, uh, roll out things to his executive team, then roll it out to the top 250 leaders in the company, then roll it out to the entire company in all hands, and then repeat, rinse, and lather that stuff with a lot of deliberation. And I think we've taken culture for granted in the past and just said, hey, you know, we're going to get people together and we're going to do some fun activities and it's just going to be organically happen. Um, And I think it's always been an issue because we've always had remote sales offices or remote development offices or even people on different floors of the same building or different buildings. But now more than ever, we have to be as deliberate about cascading culture as what we do uh, in in terms of cascading uh, communications. And so the blog is one way where we've gone and surveyed about 1,600 leaders, executives, and individual contributors um, and published the results of that in the paper about how are are people wrestling with the issues of remote work. We've talked and continuing this series on the blog and really just want to start highlighting people who are great culture champions inside their companies and what are the hacks that they're doing. So that's going to be a big megaphone for us. Obviously, coming from LinkedIn, we're big fans of LinkedIn advertising. And so we've been playing around with that and love all the kind of information that we see out of that. And I've been very pleasantly surprised in the tests that we've run there in terms of super high click-through rates and super high kind of conversions into downloads. And then, you know, things like this and kind of getting the word out. I think for a lot of folks in the Slack app store, they just publish in the Slack app store and then just kind of watch downloads happen. And we're trying to be a little bit more deliberate than that. Does your tech company have the right marketing systems and strategies in place so you don't have to do it all yourself? Are you frustrated that you're not getting the ROI on your marketing budget that you know you should? Well, my agency, Infinity Marketing Group, can help. 
For the last 10 years, we've been helping companies just like yours make huge returns on their marketing budget. So for more information, go to our website, www.infinitymgroup.com, or you can email us at info at infinitymgroup.com, or if you prefer the phone, give us a call at 303-834-7344 to find out how we can help your tech company make more money. Now back to the show. I saw you had a feature on there. There was a, a maps feature that yeah. you can look at. You can look at the U.S. or probably another country and then see where everyone's at. Um, just out of curiosity, are, are you? Do you guys get any feedback? Or are you finding that people, especially big companies that have like a lot of employees, uh, do you find that if people actually looking and seeking out other people within the company that that live close to them for their own kind of one to one meetups, even if they're not in the same department? Like, is there any? Was it too new to have that kind of data back? Or I'm just curious. So anecdotally, yes. You know, so we've got examples of customers who have said, um, I I love this approach, by the way, one one HR department said, hey, listen, we're going to go create a uh, kind of a face to face budget, right? And so we're going to allocate if you've got more than 10 people within call it a 50 50 mile radius, we're going to allocate X dollars per, per month or per quarter for you guys to go get together for a beer or pizza or go, you know, to an event or something like that. And the way that they're doing that is a maps application that we have. So you can basically zoom in just like you would in Google Maps, Zillow, whatever like that, down to a specific region and say, oh, here's all the people that are part of this. Let me go create a new channel for them. These are the the New York peeps or the San Francisco Bay Area folks. And so that's a way that they're kind of creating, understanding this without having to do huge slice and and dicing in their HR database. Uh, but the other thing I find is super powerful, I mean, and this was always the case for me at Salesforce or LinkedIn and previous companies, is I'd be jumping on a plane to go uh, visit a customer, let's say, I'm going to Boston. I don't even know like what folks are in my in my group or outside my group in that area. How do I go zoom down that area and say, I'm going to be there between Tuesday and Thursday. Anybody want to go grab dinner? Anybody want to go grab a beer? Like, and be able to do that. So we kind of take you out of Slack into this, you know, very rich web map experience. And then you can kind of zoom in on what you want. And then you can mess, go back and message folks directly in Slack to go make that face-to-face happen. And how are you guys monetizing off this? Is it per download, per seat, just as, as of right now anyway? And I know, you know, the podcast can age, right? So we'll, I'll say to the listeners, if you're listening to this a year later, it could be totally different. But as of now, as a startup, how are you planning to monetize off this? So right now it's free. We're in the early access period. So everything's free. The way we will eventually monetize is to have multiple tiers. So there'll be a free forever tier. So if you're you know, a 25 person company, you're probably still going to just be able to use all of the Airspeed apps for free. Uh, the next tier up will be uh, you know, a modest per user fee, kind of sub $5 per user per month. And that'll allow you to do all kinds of customization. So, you know, we we call our work anniversaries this. You know, we we want to be able to modify the messages that are going out having more storage for media, things like that. And then the final tier is we're doing all the HR and system integrations. So you can just kind of plug into Workday, plug into Bamboo HR, whatever you're using, and automatically sync this stuff with your hierarchy. And that'll be a, a, a slightly higher tier. Very cool. Well, uh, in the aspect, in the in the spirit of future biz tech title of this uh, yeah. podcast, let's talk about the future a little bit. So first question is, where do you see this industry going, right? I mean, you know, Slack apps with AI, right? Because, you know, you guys are picking a a particular lane in it. There's all sorts of lanes that can be done with this idea. Where do you see that and and maybe also specifically just 
remote engagement, I guess would be the 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 overall you know term for it in the next five or ten years. Like I mean, and that might be too honestly with AI, we should probably say the next five to ten months right. uh, of how fat. I don't even know why I said years at this point. But where do you see the future of you plus your competitors and other people in the space when it comes to that? Yeah, so for for us, Slack is an entry point. Slack is not the end destination. So ultimately, as I said, we want to create what we call this kind of operating system for culture, uh, kind of a system of record of all these events. And so I think, you know, you'll see us having interfaces and go through different platforms, uh, having full web and mobile capabilities, all of that in the future. But I do think that what's interesting for the future of biz tech is, uh, you know, I was at, I had this very interesting timing where I was at Salesforce when the Slack acquisition was announced. And so before I had left uh, Salesforce, I spent a decent amount of time kind of thinking about Slack and how it, it would impact not only Sales Club, but Salesforce in general, and spent a lot of time with, with Mark and others there. And I think one of the things that Slack is a really interesting playground for testing these things out is it is a messaging user interface. And I think one of the things that Stuart got right was, you know, for the past, you know, two, three decades, two, three, four decades, we've had this forms over database kind of model of the world. So all CRMs are like filling a bunch of fields in a browser or, or on a piece of desktop software, and it writes back to some server or some server in the cloud. And I think what, what Slack uh, did is say, not only this is just a way for you and I to message each other like we would in, you know, iMessage or WeChat, but it's actually a user interface to your applications. So very simple, you know, free chat GPT, just imagine you've got Slack and you want to say, hey, like, how big is the Boeing deal that's closing at the end of this quarter? I shouldn't have to log in the Salesforce to do that. I just go into Slack. It's got it's connecting to a bot. It's fetching that information. It's feeding it back to me. Now suddenly fast forward that and say, now I can go apply LLMs, you know, apply these large language models. And now I can start to do some really interesting what if stuff, right? So what is my biggest white space opportunity, right? You know, what are the customers that are the highest risk of churning this quarter? What are the customers? And I'm, I'm obviously talking in the, the sales context here, um, not RSP per se, but I think this applies to every single vert vertical you can imagine. I think the user interface is going to look like Slack. It's going to look like a chat chat window you type stuff into, which is what ChatGPT has shown us and BARD and others now. And it's going to be able to pull information, not just from a single system, but from multiple systems across the organization. So, you know, to give you a glimpse of where we're going, you know, right now I can go query, as I mentioned, all of the data that we're collecting. Now you suddenly add in, you know, Slack integration, you add in Google Calendar, Gmail integration, you add in HRIS, you know, HR system integration. Now you can start to do some pretty interesting things like, hey, you know, just looking across my company, what are the teams that are actually like seem to be working really well together and the teams that might have some disconnects? Or, you know, where do I think I might have attrition risk? Or like a lot of these kind of larger questions you might ask are going mm -hmm. to be where I think a lot of this tech goes. That's interesting. Let me ask you this. Given that you're in this kind of new space, right? With, 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 I mean, everything you're doing is relatively new. If you think about it, not just the company, but just the concepts that you're following. Yep. Who are the people in the industry or outside of it that you find yourself following the most for inspiration, technologically, business-wise, whatever? I'm, I'm curious who you know people follow you probably with given your expertise. So who do you follow? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been fortunate to have some great mentors along the way. You know, I mean, way back when in a company called Epiphany, there was a guy named Steve Blank who kind of invented the lead startup movements. You know, more recently, great pleasure of working with folks like Reed Hoffman and uh, uh, Ryan Roslansky and and Jeff Weiner at LinkedIn, and then obviously folks like Brett Taylor and 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 Mark Benioff at, at Salesforce. So you know, I pay a lot of attention. If you haven't listened, for example, to Reed's set of posts, blogs, and and podcasts around AI, especially given his you know Greylock's investment in that space, they're one of our investors. Um, uh, just for full disclosure. But it's fascinating to see where the future of that is going to go. And I think even read writing a book in conjunction with ChatGPT or interviewing ChatGPT and having the responses converted in text to speech and it, you having you listening and going like, wait a minute, I have to remind myself this isn't a, this isn't a person he's talking to. This is just text that was generated by a LLM that is being read back by the computer. It's gonna get real um, gray real soon. Yeah. Get to- <laughs> That's real, very, real fast. And so I, I would say, you know, listen, the job of a CEO is 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 pretty straightforward. Someone wants to describe it as MVP, but it doesn't stand for most valuable player, it stands for money, vision, and people. And I would mm-hmm. say probably probably in reverse order is is the most important part. So I spent a, a, a chunk of my time focusing on, you know, do we have the right people on the bus? And are those people, you know, clear as to what they're doing? And And are we building kind of like the you know, the legendary, you know, Lakers or Chicago Bulls kind of class team. I spend time obviously making sure that we have plenty of money in the bank and we're not going to run out. But most of my time these days is saying, what's the vision and how is that going to continue to expand? And I'm a big believer in being kind of, you know, firm on the uh, on the end state, but loose on the details of how you get there. So yeah. our, our vision from day one has been, our mission has been, how do we help employees feel more connected and celebrated? But I'm spending a um, inordinate amount of time digging into, you know, ChatGPT and Bard and all the AI stuff. And we're spending time as a team, even going through these thought exercises of how we can go leverage this in an interesting way. Because my assumption is all of the existing players are going to add ChatGPT-like functionality as a sidebar onto their products. So what are really the opportunities for startups to really disrupt the old guard? And that's where we start. So last question, uh, my audience likes to kind of have the inside scoop, right? They want to be the first to hear things. Is there anything on your roadmap that's coming out soon that you might be able to give us a little preview on something cool coming out? So I think the thing and depends on when this airs again, uh, but we have a, uh, our sixth app is about to drop called Coffee Talk. And okay. Coffee Talk is about uh, applicable as you get to you know mid-size or larger companies. It's how do you get to know the people uh, inside the company? And then those, that might just be, hey, I want to just meet other people on my team. Like when I was running the Sales Navigator team, that was hundreds of people. Obviously, lots of people I didn't have face-to-face meetings with. And or it might be, hey, listen, I, I just want to meet people who are outside that team. I want to meet people in different geographies. I want to get to know more folks inside of the company and build my network. And we're, we see this even in, in uh, a lot of communities, like a lot of women in technology, Slack communities, a lot of business development, sales communities, et cetera, are using uh, some of the Airspeed apps right now. There's a product out there called Donut. It's been doing this for a little while in Slack, which has achieved great success. And I give them a tip of the hat. But I think that it's not particularly intelligent. It just kind of randomly matches you to people in a channel that you join. So we're actually leveraging AI to ask you two questions. 
what kind of people do you want to meet and what do you want to talk about? And based on the answers to that and the people who've joined the channel, we're making smart matching decisions, almost like a dating app. Like here's three candidates. Who do you want to go meet with? And then, then not only do we do that, we kind of have a better version of Calendly to actually facilitate that where rather than just saying, connect your calendar and find a slot, we just say, what are some good times for you? Or just connect your calendar and we'll take care of it. So you can just say, hey, look, Friday afternoons are generally pretty good for me. And we take it from there. So we match with the right people. We tell you some interesting things you might want to talk about. And we actually find a time for you to meet. I like that. That's cool. I'm glad we got to get a little preview of what's uh, dropping next there. Um, listen, how can people reach you in particular if they have maybe some higher end deals or the company itself online or in other, other ways? Yeah, so we're at getairspeed.com. Um, I'm just the letter D at getairspeed.com. Um, so uh, I always say, feel free to email me directly or come through the website. We've got we've got chat and, and we can connect you to whatever function you want, whether it's um, we have customer support, support folks and customer success folks that can kind of handhold you through the whole uh, uh, getting onboarded process to uh, any kind of partnerships with sales and marketing. And that's awesome. And listen, for everyone out there listening, again, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Give it a five-star rating, some cool writing behind it, so other techies like us can find it and enjoy learning about all these amazing and helpful B2B softwares on the market today. Doug, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, I look forward to checking out your, your apps. I use Slack, too. All right. Thanks, JC. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Future of BizTech. I hope you got great value out of our discussion today. If so, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate it five stars. This helps the podcast jump into ratings to help other techies like you and I find it too. And remember, if you own or work for a B2B tech company and you're looking for highly targeted, hot leads delivered to your inbox daily, my agency, Infinity Marketing Group, can help. We've been in business since 2010 and have helped hundreds of companies just like yours make millions of dollars in marketing and lead gen ROI. So be sure to visit our website at www.infinitym, as in marketing, group.com, that's infinitymgroup.com, or you can email us at info at infinitymgroup.com, or you can call us at 303-834-7344. We look forward to talking with you, and I look forward to you listening to my next episode of Future of BizTech.